when I was thinking about the the title of what I was going to talk to today, I was like, for some reason I really wanted to call it spiritual bodybuilding, because that's one of my passions that I'm really into. But it didn't exactly fit with what, what, I was, what God had in my mind. So today we're going to be talking about our spiritual fitness regime. And so what I'll do is quickly, we'll just open up in some prayer and we'll carry on. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to come together and experience your your love and your grace in a, a corporate setting. And I just dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So since it's a new year, it's always a good time to have a look at your physical and your spiritual regime, also your eating habits, stuff like Just check everything out because after, you know, over, well, some, some of us, it comes November, December, you know, things start to happen. It becomes barbecue season. Everyone gets in and like, you just find out you have, you, you drop some good habits you had and you pick up some bad habits. So now it's a really good time at the start of the year to pick up and have a look at your regime. Absolutely. So what I'm talking, what I, what I'm going to be talking about today is the spiritual and physical compa- comparisons between our, so we got our church celebration service, which I liken to, which we liken to as like a group stretching class. We have, a, we have our personal time with God, you know, your prayer time, which is your personal gym time. And then I had a, then the third part, which is a small group, which is a likened to a group fitness class, you know, like your boot camps, your F45s, if everyone knows what that is, like your ride and all those other ones. If you've ever been in the gym, you know what they are. And then what I... Uh, I kind of ran out of time and space for this one, but I had another one, which is like, I called it extreme training. But what it was is effectively it's a build-up of the rest of the first three points allows you to do this training. It's something that pushes you, something that stretches you, you know, like, um, uh, what is it? It is like effectively, you know, you could be like evangelism, um, something like praying, praying out for people, you know, like it's doing the ministry. And so I'm not going to be talking about something like that, but Pete will be, so... We got a good tag team on our on our um, message today. So the first way, so the church service is just like a church class. Like in the first, the church, uh, yeah, it's just like doing Pilates or a stretch class. You know, it's led by a person where it helps get everyone on the same page. Um, so like you know, we're in a stretch class. I'd be like, I'd be the instructor. I'd be like, everyone come up. We're going to do. Uh, one exercise and everyone follows me. But in a church service, it is the person behind the pulpit who has been led by the Holy Spirit to get everyone on the same uh, same page spiritually. So, for instance, I'll be your instructor right now. Uh, and for uh, if we're doing a stretch class, I'd ask everyone, come on, everyone. We're, what we're going to do is we're just going to get in a front leg <laughs> a quad stretch, you know. And then... And so, but when we do that, I wouldn't expect any of you to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know, it's like, it, it helps us all get together. Um, this is the same when pastor's preaching the word. He's talking about the promises, like prosperity. And like, when we do that, we should all get in the, the prosperity position or love and forgiveness or whatever position we're directed to is it's a word from God so that we can all be moving in the same way and achieving what, he wants but uh, yeah so it's just like when you start 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 a class or anything like that you know you, you do some of the stretches and you're like 
man, mine doesn't, mine stretches don't look anything like the pastors or the person leading. Like they're a little bit bent over and like not quite there. But as you attend, engage, those positions become more and more in line and like the the instructors. As as it says in uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 5. You are also like living stones. You're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering, spirit, offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God throughout Christ. Like we are be built, so we're not quite there yet, but we are getting in that zone. Yeah. So when you first come to church, you know, you might not believe uh, in all the promises that we have that in the Bible. You know, like God, ones that God wants us to be prosperous. So your stance may be look at quite a bit off or you're just like, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> but as you hear it week in, week out, um, that God has never made any of us for poverty or lack, but he sent Jesus to redeem us and to give us the Zoe kind of life, you know, the life which God experiences. Also, the Bible puts it as life and life more abundantly. And so your form, there's no way your form can't become more and more in line with the structures. Like, yes, I am prosperous. I am. God has like made, given me a life uh, for abundance. Another way church services are just like a stretch class. Um, a lot of the classes you do in a stretch class, if anyone's ever done them, I have been for a bit. Um, a lot of them, they're nice and easy. You know, they're pretty gentle. You're like, oh, well, you come in like a little bit tight spiritually from the week. When you come into the service, sometimes you're like, oh, man, this is a pretty big week. And then after you walk out, oh, I feel way better, a lot, a lot more refreshed. But then every now and again, you get ones where the Holy Spirit will come over and be like, mate, I need you. And just he'll, he'll push and he'll like, at the time, I'm like, man, that's, oh, that's sore. And like, it's quite painful at the time. And this is what the Bible calls strong meat or solid food, as described in Hebrews 5.13. For everyone who partakes of milk only in the word of righteousness is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of good use and have their senses exercised and discerned for both good and evil. This is this part this generally is like a word that talks directly to like a stronghold we have in our lives. But as we let the Holy Spirit push us further and further like into the position we should be, our limiting stronghold um, disappears. Like it, it disappears bit by bit. Even though at the time it's it's not very comfortable and it's not nice and it's quite painful sometimes. But later on you realize, you walk out, man, it's like all of a sudden I can move and walk a lot more freely. I can, um, yeah. The other way... A church service is just like a stretch class. Is the aspect of it's no good showing up one week and missing weeks on end as you generally lose the benefit of, uh, of not attending regularly. Another, like just as Hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another towards love, not giving up the meeting together. As some have ha- some of you have the habit of, oh sorry, as some are in the habit of not to, of doing, but encouraging one and one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the other thing about this scripture is allows you, is when you when you know someone who uh, 
as one of your spirit, as a friend or a family in a spiritual body. It gives you the right. If you haven't seen them for a couple of weeks, give them a ring. Like, where are you guys? I've missed you. You know, you know, you're missing some really good word that's coming on, that's being preached. And yes, so my second point is your personal spirit, uh, this, your personal time with God. It's just like your personal spirit, uh, your personal gym time. You know, just like when you go to the gym and you lift weights, build your physical muscles. Spending time with God and worship, reading His words, praying in tongues, like it, it builds your spiritual muscles. So, which is it's really important to have these muscles big and strong, your spiritual muscles big and strong, so you can live the life God has planned for you, and you can achieve everything that God has set out for you to achieve. As it says in Ephesians four, verse uh, fourteen and fifteen. Then, uh, then no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people their, and their deceitful scheming. Instead, be like, uh, instead speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every respect the mature b- body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So what that is, it comes down to as we lift our spiritual weights and we spend time in the Word, we can we understand and we recognize, we can hear and when there's false teaching, we can be like, that doesn't sound right. I, I know that verse. And that verse doesn't mean what this person's trying to, to put it as. And also as we we can identify the crafty cunnings as we spend time with the Holy Spirit, he'll give us a nudge. It's like actually that person there does not have your best interests in mind. Stay away from them and, and that kind of sense. But then also the other thing that happens is as we build our spiritual muscles, our, carnal, our old flesh becomes weaker. So then what we have is the fruit of the Spirit comes out and like you, can live in, you can have your peace, truth, uh, sorry, peace, love, kindness. Like, you know, those, they, they come out. And so the spiritual muscles are the same as your physical muscles. You know, they're made up of multiple parts. This is going to be a real gross oversimplification of your muscles, but, you know, effectively you've got three parts in a, in a big sense. You've got your tendons, which attach your fibres to the bone. You have your muscle fibres, which are the actual the big bit there. And then you have... <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, the, then you have what, uh, the fascia, which covers it all and holds all your fibres together. And so just like your physical muscles, your spiritual muscles can only apply as much force as uh, the weakest parts allow. So if I wanted to pick up something heavy, or like say, if, yeah, there's big weight there or something I needed, and but uh, my muscles are strong enough and my tendons are strong, uh, my fiber, uh, fiber was strong enough, fascia, sorry, fascia was strong enough, but my tendons can't ha- handle it, they are my limiting part, so if I want to move that, I have to work on building my tendons. And the same goes for your spiritual muscles. Say, um, I, like I've, because I've got, I have the measure of faith from God, and like I want to say there's something I, I say I want, and then I know that I have the Holy Spirit with me. I have the, the um, I know that there is a promise in the Bible. I know of a promise in the Bible. Well, I know there is a promise in the Bible, but I don't know what that promise is, say, towards healing or faith, uh, sorry, healing or prosperity. That becomes my limiting factor. 
because I need something to stand on to say, like, look, God, you said in your word that, like, and then that is, that's what, uh, yeah, and then that, that will be, that's what you have to build so you can get that item that God has asked, uh, that you'll be asking God for. Yeah. As just, yeah, it's, it's like in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 13, like, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I came a man, I put behind those childish ways, childish ways behind me. So, like, yeah, effectively, you know, when you first in the, when you first come in and you grow up, like you, you're a, when you come in, you're like a, a little kid. And you, it was quite funny. We had a family gathering, and my, my uh, little nephew Obed, he he wanted to put on this backpack, and because, and so like he he put it on. And then, because my brother was holding it, and then like my brother let go, and then all of a sudden he had no muscles. So I was like, boom, falls behind, and we all had a we had a good laugh. But like, as it is, you know, as you when you're young, when your when your muscles aren't developed, spiritual muscles aren't developed, you can't put on the weight or pick the weight that you need to, and God requires you to. But as you build them in your spirit, personal spiritual time, that weight becomes easier and easier. Because then, and you can, um, yeah, fulfill what you need to do. Yeah. So other another reason. Uh, so your your spiritual personal time with God and your gym time and your personal gym time are both filled with complex movements. You know, first time you do them, they feel a bit unnatural and a bit janky, and it's just a bit weird. But over time, as you keep on doing it more and more, it becomes more and more natural. Like, look, take for example, say if I was going to do something physically, so like the squat in a in a gym. You know, like you you have a setup. You like you move your you have your feet out a little bit, and what you do is you grab the ground with your toes, push your legs out, keep your chest up, you keep your core, and you, you like activate your back, and then you break it your hips when you go down, and that's effectively a squat. And so, when you're first learning it, it was a bit bit to remember what you do for a good squat. But when you first learn it, um, the biggest part of what you have to do is keep on checking your form. Am I doing everything right? Is this right? Um, have I got my chest up? Have I got my core engaged? Am I squeezing with my glutes? It's the same as when you start praying in tongues. You know, you just have to keep on checking your form. And when your form breaks down, you just reset and start again. You know, like when you're doing one set, when you're like start praying in tongues and you're like, oh, sure, go down there. Yeah, duh. And then, oh, well, it's for lunch. Oh, actually, hold on. You've got to start again. Okay, that's right. I know that, like, my, I caved in. That's not what I'm going to do. But as you keep on going and doing that, you can, you can do more and more without breaking form. And then you get better. And it's like, that's how you get really good results. The other thing to remember, very important, especially when you're first starting out, is not trying to do someone else's spiritual workout. You've got to figure where you're at and start there. Because there's no point, say, if me, I was at the gym, and I was like, man, I really, I've seen some things. There's like this guy called Brian Shaw. He's the world's f- strongest man. He's done it four times. Or like, you know, it's worth, not worth my, my, I couldn't do his workout or like Arnold Schwarzenegger's workout because they'd built up to it over time. Whereas, and it's, uh, it's the exact same. So like, you know, the thing is like, so when the, uh, an example is like, say, say the pastor uh, suggests we pray in tongues for an hour a day for an issue like they have over multiple times. 
um, realize how much you realistically can do. And then over time, build up to that one hour. Because if you jump in and doing one hour of prayer when you're only used to, like, say, 10 minutes, you realistically you can only maintain that for a very short time before, because it's too much of a change, uh, change to become a habit. But, say, if you started off with 10 minutes, and then after three days, you're like, okay, up it to, like, 11, 12 minutes, then another three days, it's, like, 14 minutes when you consecutively do it, then all of a sudden you get up to 20 minutes, and, like, actually, I only have 20 minutes in the morning to do my thing. So then you go, okay, I have another 10 minutes at night. And then so you build that up, and all of a sudden you've built this habit and also the time of you're praying in tongues for an hour. And it's a, a, it's, with, by doing that way, you have a much, chance, much higher chance of actually achieving your goal. But more importantly, you turn into a habit. The, you become a person who prays in tongues, and it becomes a very strong muscle you have. Hmm. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> the next one, third point, I feel like it's going a lot faster than I expected it to. <laughs> um, like, this is, this is pretty cool. It's like, it's about a, um, small groups are just like group fitness classes. You know, just like in a group fitness class, um, it's a small group of people going through a set of exercises. Instead of being in a group fitness like class where you do like burpees, push-ups, sprints, you do spiritual exercises like worship, um, reflection on Sunday's message, praying for each other, practical outworkings of your faith, and other 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 things. So this is pretty cool because this is this is where you get to show your group of people what you've been working on in your own personal time with God. The the advantage of this is that. Um, when someone more advanced than you in a spiritual discipline or practice can give you pointers on how to do your, well, their exercise better, you know. So if it's praying, someone will come in and you're like, oh, may God, God, may we please have this. And then they can come in and like with us nice and be like, actually, you, got, you know, we don't, we don't beg God and ask go may. may. We, we um, remind him of like his promises to him and then we boldly ask Oh, we boldly, you know, we don't have the may. It's like, we know what's done. Like healing, it's like, please, God, may you heal me? It's like, no, no, no. God healed us 2,000 years ago. That's what it was. That's well and done and dusted. We just claim our healing now. And the, 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 the other thing you can do also is by, you watch people's a spiritual form. You know, I, at the gym, I'll see there and watch people who's like, obviously got bigger form or doing better weights than I am. And like, you look at their form like, Oh, that looks a bit different than mine. What are they doing? How are they getting, How are they bigger than me or better than me at this point in time? And then you're like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. And then you incorporate that. And so that you, you can do the same at a as a at a small group. And so you know, like examples of, of that could be like you know, your your prayer is not the best. Like you're, the way you pray and stuff like that's not the best. And then so you're listening out to someone who's good at praying and so you're like oh actually whenever they ask for something they always use a scripture why is that and then you go and look at it and figure it out and then because that builds and then you use that to make your prayer life more powerful and more effective and so just as it says in um, probably 27 verse 17 
you know, like iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so it's, yeah. Also, a small group is a short, intense spiritual workout. That, you know, it only lasts, what, one and a half hours, two hours a, a week. But just like that, just like in a spiritual class, uh, a group fitness class, when you push yourself, it helps you to grow spiritually as well. It's another avenue for spiritual growth, but it's also a, a different growth that you can't really get in your own spiritual time, personal time. And so, you know, depending on the person, pushing yourself could look so many different ways and can be, um, yeah, it's just, it is different because we're all unique and God made us that way and he loves that about us. But some ways that you could, that could be pushing yourself, you know, if you're not the, never really prayed in front of people much, you could offer to open the, um, the small group in prayer. You could close the small group in prayer. There's other ones, like, you know, um, if you're pretty good at praying that kind of thing, but you've, that way, but you've never really prayed for someone, that could be the way when someone comes up with a problem or there's, brings uh, the item to pray about. You're like, yes, I'll actually pray for that. And that, that helps you to grow. And then the other one is if you're a really quiet person, you just normally sit there in the corner, <laughs> you can share what you've learned from the message without being asked. That's like small little things, but you can... They all help you to grow. Yeah. What I really like, like there's like the last one of the other things you really get from a small group. These two next scriptures really point that out. It's um, Galatians six verse two. Carry each other's burdens, and this way you fulfil uh, the law of Christ. And James five verse sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins together uh, to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So one of the best things about this small group and about group fitness classes is that you make great friends and really close friendships. Because there's nothing like sweating together or, <laughs> you know, or um, in, a, in a small group. There's nothing quite like sharing a problem with someone and asking for prayer or you being the person supporting someone through a problem to really help get that connection together. Yeah, awesome. So just to recap and before I hand it over to Pete, so we have our small church, uh, so we have our celebration church service and that is, it helps us all get in line and moving towards together. Also helps us, um, get rid of the tight things that are limiting us in um, achieving what God wants us to achieve. We have our personal time with God, which effectively is just where we build our base and our strength so we can do the outwork, uh, do our outworking in like our number four, which Pete's going to talk about. <laughs> and our small group. We have, yeah, so in our small group, we have that. So the great points about the small group is why we need it, why we should do it is, we, first off, we build great relationships. It's a good place to help get some help from other people and also, like, you know, watch other people's spiritual form so we can check out and make sure we're not going off on a tangent. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll hand it over to Pete now to... That Pete? <laughs> so then Pete can finish off. Awesome. Give him a hand. 
That's great, uh, Bevan. You know, as a young man, stepping out of the box, out of his comfort zone to, to preach, and there's an anointing on his life. And we, uh, Bevan, we appreciate you. We thank you for what you brought this morning. There's a, a great analogy there, isn't there, between the, the natural and the spiritual. And uh, I feel we should all be getting up and doing a bit of an aerobics class now, eh? But we won't do that. <laughs> I'll embarrass myself for a starter. But, um, yeah, no, it's good. Physical fitness has benefit, and so we want to be physically fit. But the point is, hey... We want to be spiritually stronger. And uh, how about this year? We make that decision that, hey, we want to go to a new level. We want to be spiritually stronger in our walk with the Lord. Be regular attenders to draw on the word and the teaching that we get here uh, on a Sunday. And then that's not enough, though. We need to be committed in our own own time with the Lord, our own prayer time, our own meditation time, the reading of the word. These things are basic foundational things for all Christians to grow in. And, uh, and of course, the third thing we want to be part of a group and be part of a team and uh, we're obviously going to be promoting that heavily through our 40 days of um, purpose uh, campaign so well done uh, Bevan that's fantastic is Mr Jelly ready yet um, no he's still being wired up that's great he's uh, going to come now and talk about uh, Bevan alluded to it I guess so that we do all these things that we can be more effective in the kingdom and for the things that God's called us to to do and so uh, and one of those of course is uh, what I've been preaching on over the last two weeks is uh, sharing our faith reaching out uh, with the purpose of evangelism to a a lost world and it's so important that uh, we are spiritually in tune close with God uh, that we have the power, the confidence, the knowledge uh, to be able to minister and be more effective as witnesses for Jesus Christ. So uh, with that, come on up, Pete. Give him a big hand as he comes, and um, we're looking forward to what he has to say. Thanks, Peter. Morning, church. How are you going? Everyone good? A few props here got to sort out. And Bevan do well? He did really well, didn't he? I'm not quite as uh, physically uh, strong as him. Fish on the outside, I have to say. He's, uh, he obviously works out a lot. So um, I'm going to pray and get straight into it because I've been told I'm not allowed to talk for as long as I talked last time, which was a long time. Yeah, no, I'm being a bit harsh. I wasn't told that, but I'm not going to talk for as long as I talked last time. So um, let's pray and get into it. Thank you, Father God. You're a good God. I thank you, Father God, for this privilege to be able to share your word and share some testimonies this morning. I thank you, Father God, that um, you opened everyone's heart this, hearts this morning, everyone's ears, everyone's mind and spirits, Father God, to receive, Father God, what I've got to share. And I thank you, you anoint me by your Holy Spirit um, to, to share a good word that's going to encourage people, Father God, to be more uh, uh, stepping forward and stepping out of the boat in, in a greater way in the area of evangelism. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, um, who was here last week? Yeah, quite a lot of people. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Who, 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 who preached? Peter. Peter the Evangelist. He did preach. That's right. He preached. And he preached a really good message. So, I, I want to do... Um, I've got four points on evangelism to share this week, but I thought before I share them, it's pretty important to remember the five that Peter shared over the last two weeks. Yeah? Can everyone remember those five points? No, no, it's putting the hand up. Come on, you need to help me here. So this is like a bit of a comprehension test, all right? I'm going to help you, all right? So the first point, obviously I can cheat a little bit. Okay, the first point is we need to develop and have a heart and compassion for the lost. Come on, for the lost. That's good. And the second point, I'm just going to cheat a little bit too, we need to be able to build relationships. That's good over there. Who was there? 
That's fantastic. Oh, good stuff. Build relationships with people that know, don't know Jesus yet. Does that make sense? The third point is we need to make time to evangelize. Yeah, to share the gospel with people that we don't, you know, to share the gospel, don't we? Yeah? Next point, I'm just having a little check. Um, we need to get trained and equipped. That's good, trained and equipped. Someone was here listening last week. That's fantastic. And the last point we need to do is that who's ever felt fear? No one. Oh, a few people have. Great. At different times we've felt fear. And when it comes to evangelism, you can fear, feel a bit of fear. I know I have in the past, but the key thing is we've got to listen to Nike and we've just got to do it. That's right. So those five points, are, I think, are really important. And um, after Peter talked about it last week, he jumped into the Revelation 12, 11, I think it is, and he talked about one way we reach out to people, or a couple of ways, is um, by um, the word of our testimony and through the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony is obviously sharing a testimony with Jesus being the focus, and the blood of the Lamb is obviously the message of the cross, which is the gospel, right? But Peter focused on testimony, yeah? Does everyone remember that? Yeah, so before I share my four points, I've got a testimony. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to share a testimony. So um, last week, and I didn't realize the impact of this until probably Sunday night or maybe Monday when I was sharing with my wife, Dash, but um, I went straight to a cricket game after the message uh, last week. And uh, one of our sons was playing cricket. And if you've ever watched cricket before, it's like watching paint dry. Really, it is. If you're playing, it's probably a bit more enjoyable. When you're watching it, it can be, it goes for a long time. And sometimes they have a draw after five days. Can you imagine that? Anyway, so getting to the point, um, I got there and um, there was a few other dads there. And one of the dads that was there, his name's John. Last time I shared a testimony, the guy's name was John. This guy's name is John. I do know a lot of Johns. And um, I didn't really know him super well, but I knew him enough to say hi to him and have in the past probably a 20 to 30 word conversation with him. We knew each other to talk to, but not very well. Because we ran into each other and our both boys weren't playing against each other like they normally do in football, they're actually in the same team, we sort of were supporting the same team, we ended up having a conversation. Instead of being 30 words, we talked for about 30 minutes. And when you're watching cricket, you have a long time to talk, right? And so we're talking, and um, he's quite an interesting guy. He... um, in the 2015 World Cup, he did most of the talking, I was listening, he was one of those guys in the orange shirt and he caught a ball and he won $100,000. Of course, that was a cool story. I was just listening, this is fantastic. And then he told me a bit about his family and I knew a bit about his family, not much, and I told him a bit about my family and he knew about, he knew who Dash was and he knew who our youngest was, but he didn't know about our other kids, so we talked about that. And then it got to a stage where we'd exhausted the conversation. So I said to him, so what do you do for a living? Do you own your own business? And he said, yeah, I do. I, well, I actually have a share in a joinery business. And he mentioned the name of that business. I went, I know that business. I said, um, I said you sponsor a lot, quite a lot of stuff in the local community. I am going somewhere with this, so stay connected. Um, and, and he says, yeah, I do. And we, 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 do, we do, yeah, I said, football, cricket. And we do it, and we, we, we sponsor a lot of, or invest a lot, in Christian activities. And of course, my radar goes, Christian activities. Like, oh, tell me more. I said, me and Dash, we're Christians. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, And he goes, oh, gosh, I've got this workmate, or this, actually, you know, a business partner. And, you know, she's a full-on Christian. I said, oh, that's really cool. And I didn't say much. He just kept telling me. He just kept talking. And he goes, oh, I had a sore, sore back. Man, she's laying hands on me. She was, pr- she was praying, really, you know, going, going for us. Oh, that's really good. She prays in tongues. 
And I went, great. I said, we pray in tongues as well. I was just loving this conversation. And then, um, then he went on to say, um, I'm not exaggerating, this happens, right? And then um, I went on um, and he sort of told me, I don't think I even said anything. He goes, oh, but I've got a bit of background and um, you know, my wife's got a Catholic background. Our kids are in a Catholic school and, and I've got a background. In, and he thought about it for a moment, the Church of England. I went, oh, cool, great. And he goes, oh, but I'm not practicing at the moment. I said, oh, that's really cool. And the, and the conversation went on, and then he came, and I was like wanting to say something, but he was talking quite a lot, right? Um, and then he stopped. And I was like, Paulson, count to five, Peter, count to five, don't jump in. And, I go, and then I shared my testimony, right? And I said, um, I basically, I'm not going to share my testimony now, but I basically said, what was life like before I became a Christian? How did I become a Christian? And what life was like afterwards? And I ended with something along these lines. I don't know if I did a very good job, because I, but I was quite excited at the time. But I said, um, I said, at the end of the day, I'm, not, I'm going to heaven, not because of what I've done, but because Jesus has done on the cross, and because he's the boss of my life, received him as the Lord of my life. And I said, I still stuff up and do things wrong, but, you know, and that's my journey. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. And then we went off and talked about other things, or we might have gone separate ways. But the revelation, I didn't want to share that to say, hey, look, I'm sharing the gospel. I'm sharing my testimony with people. I wanted to share that because that would probably be the result of the word, I heard in the morning, yeah? And that night, or maybe the next day, um, a, a scripture came to mind. Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 4.12. One of my favorite scriptures, I said, know where it is in the Bible. It says, the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing in division of spirit and soul, joints and marrow, and is the sword of the thoughts and tents of the heart. The word of God is just so powerful. And so when you come on a Sunday morning, you hear the word, it can change your life and the direction of your life and change on what you say to people. And it's not just um, being here on Sunday morning, it's actually listening to the message. There's someone in our life group, I'm not going to name and shame them, well, it's actually not a name and shame, but they listen, they come on a Sunday morning, they listen to the message two or three times during the week. So they get it two or three times. And it's the same with when you get into the Word and have your personal time reading the Word or listening to an audio book or however you listen to it or listening on, you know, the Word is rolling and going over your soul and your spirit and your heart, and it's changing you. And I just wanted to share that because um, I don't know whether I would have done that if I hadn't heard the word on Sunday morning. Yeah? So I hope that's encouraged someone, right? Cool. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So four points I want to share this morning. The first point, and these are add-on on the five points, so when it gets to the end, there'll be nine points. How are you going to remember those? Just hopefully um, remember at least a few of them. Yeah? The first point, okay, don't look nervous, okay, evangelism is caught, not taught. Evangelism is caught, not taught. Do you think you can remember that? Yeah, it's caught, isn't it? Good, good hands. Yeah, should I throw it harder next time? Okay. So evangelism is caught, not taught. And what do I mean by that? Well, when I first became a Christian, I've shared this a few times, but in the first six years, if I'm generous, I shared the gospel with maybe seven or eight people, one a year, three of those were on the same night. Was I being effective? I'd have to say, looking back, not very effective, right? But I was there, and you might be there at the moment, right? Not very effective. But then I actually caught evangelism. Evangelism is caught, not taught. There was this lady, 20 years old, introvert. Who knows what introvert is? Her name is Eileen, oh, introvert, 20 years old. Who's, who's, who's around about 20? Any 20? 17, 18, 19, 20? Some young people over here, you should be putting your hands up. Yeah. You might be thinking that's really young. You might be 30 and thinking that's really young, right? 
This person was 20. She's a nurse, introvert. Over seven months, she went door to door and shared the gospel over a thousand times. A thousand times I thought she's an introvert. If she can do it, perhaps I can do it. Do you know what I mean? I was like, whoa. And then I met this guy, Simon. He arrived at our church with a few other people. He just learned how to share the gospel. In two weeks, his goal was to share the gospel while he was here, staying with us a hundred times. I think he smashed a hundred. It was like, wow. And it blew my mind. And I reckon, and I thought, I don't have to be as good as them, as good as them but if I can get a, a bit of that, it's going to make a difference, yeah? Amen. Amen? You with me? Not getting too scared yet? All right, I'm going with this. So I actually caught evangelism first. Evangelism is caught. And yes, it is taught, but I think getting, catching it is important first. So my first few months is having learned this, how to share the gospel properly, you know, I got to year six as a Christian, I found I was sharing the gospel multiple, multiple times each week, right? And um, I put a challenge out last time I was up here, which was back in November, I said, if you want to know how to share the gospel, come out with me like these youth did. Uh, actually, the six or three of the four that are here, they came out with us in November, right? And hopefully they caught something. I, I put a challenge out there, uh, out there, and I said, if you want to come out with us and observe, you'll capture something. And after the service, I had 15 people come up and see me. 15 people. And I told Peter, and he couldn't believe it. Do you remember that? No, you can't say, no, you don't. I didn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. I'm actually lying. No one came up and saw me. You knew I was lying because he was laughing over there. No one came and saw me. So I'm going to put another challenge up there. Still on the first point, remember? 1st of February. Say that again? 1st of February. Yeah, there's several of us leaving on Friday night and just going to Wellington. It's about 15, 20 minute drive. And we're going to share the gospel. If you want to come out and experience it and capture something and observe, all you have to do is stand next to someone and smile. Not going to ask any questions. You might capture something and get going with evangelism. Yeah? What date? Someone see me afterwards. I had zero last time I walked away out of the service. Like this, I thought, no, nah, I don't know. I'm having on. I'm exaggerating. Second point we need to be intentional. What do I mean by intentional? Well, it says in 1 Peter 3.15, be ready to give an answer. Be ready to give an answer. I think it's really true, but I want to expand on that. In my 20-plus years as a Christian, I've probably had five people come up to me and say, tell me about Jesus. They have I'm like, I'm a Christian. Tell me about Jesus. I remember one time, probably the five, I managed to share my, my testimony. Someone was talking about Christian things. I said, I'm a Christian. And this guy Craig I worked with said, tell me about it. And so... Him and 90 people on the floor, and no, it's probably 10 or 15 within hearing distance, they heard my testimony. And um, I got, they got the long testimony. And they all heard it. But generally that doesn't happen. I know we've got to be ready to give an answer, but generally, what I've found, it's really important that we need to go and make an appointment with God and be very intentional about when we're going to share the gospel. There'll be occasions that come up when someone asks you, but we've got to be proactive. Does that make sense? So what I found, the easiest thing for me, that, that time last Sunday on the cricket field, I shared my testimony, so I'm, uh, but he didn't ask me, tell me about Jesus, tell me about Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah? So we've got to be intentional, so we've got to be proactive. And I found when I make a time 
to go and share the gospel, God supplies people. I can't remember one time when I've made a time to go out and share the gospel. I haven't met anyone that hasn't received it. I've found no one. There are some people that haven't got the time or they don't want to talk to me. But generally, God supplies the people just about every time. Every time. Yeah, yeah? makes sense. Yeah. Hope I haven't confused anyone there. Yeah. Um, third point: seeking out the lost is going to cost us something. Who knows about the cost? Yeah, it's going to cost us something. Definitely, it's going to cost us something. So in Luke nine twenty three, Luke. Luke 9.23, as then, this is Jesus said, speaking, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. So at the very least, when you go out and you share your testimony or you share the gospel, it's going to be inconvenient, right? Isn't it? Inconvenient? You could be uh, watching the cricket on TV, if you like watching paint dry, yeah. You could be watching the football. You could be... What else could you be doing? You could be spending some time with your children, your grandchildren, um, your husband, your wife. If you're single, you could be spending a lot of time looking for that husband or wife. Yeah. <laughs> Dating, you know. There's lots of things you could be doing. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but setting a little bit of time aside, it's going to be inconvenient, isn't it? So there's a cost. And also, when you actually step out of the boat and you start to share your testimony or the gospel, you could get persecuted. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare anyone from... Uh, you could, couldn't you? But do we live in a country where you get killed if you're a Christian? Mm, we don't. The worst someone can say is probably no thanks. And in my experience, sharing the gospel with hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people actually, I can probably think of five I can remember where it was really uncomfortable. So generally people are quite receptive. Yeah. That's my experience. If you know what you're doing, they're generally, and the Holy Spirit's with you, generally people are receptive. Gosh, I'm going quite quickly today. Fast is going to be heavy. This is fantastic. Point number four. Okay. So going back to three, it's going to be inconvenient. Yeah? Four. God doesn't say wait. Well, does he? Does God say wait? I might say wait a few times in the Bible. Obviously, get filled with the Holy Spirit before you go. God doesn't say wait. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, very well-known scripture, Jesus says, go into the world and proclaim the gospel. He says, go, doesn't he? Yeah. Go. So we've got to go. And that sort of ties up with um, we need to be intentional. Right, so we need to go. If we wait, probably the opportunities are going to be limited. We need to make those opportunities. And as I said before, my experience is that people that God supplies people, and generally they're receptive. So go. And um, sort of a sub point I'm going to add. I want to ask you: Can you think of something you're really good at? Put your hand. You must. Who's really good at something? Put your hand if you're really good at something. I know you're really good at arts. You should be putting your hand up, mate. Okay, sorry to embarrass you. Okay, yeah, you're really good at something. Why are you really good at that? Huh? You practice. Yeah, you practice. It's good. Why else might you be good at it? It's good. You put the effort in. That's right. Maybe you've got a bit of passion for it. Yeah? Yeah? You put the effort in. So it's the same with evangelism. If you want to become good at it, I think you need to have a bit of 
compassion for the lost and compassion for the lost, but you need to put a bit of effort in, but you need to practice. If you practice and you practice and you practice, somebody uses an example, so hopefully you remember this. Is this, is this mixed up, do you think? Or do I need to get someone to mix it up like the pastor who's, you know? No, you think it's mixed up? So what I found when I was really young, and I'm not trying to show off again, okay? When I was really young, I learned how to do the cube, right? And that was the craze when I was about uh, 11 years old. So if you're about, uh, if you're 11 years old when this was a craze, you're probably my age, all right? Which is getting up there a little bit. Not as old as Peter Snethledge, but getting up there. Okay, yeah, yeah, getting up there. And I'm struggling a little bit here because I'm trying to do two things at once. But I learned how to do the cube. And it got to the stage where it became easier and easier. There was, but I was never the best. There was guys in my class that could do it in, or my year group, that could do it in about 20 seconds. There's one of Dasha's um, friends, her son can do it in eight seconds, right? But what I found, and I finally get it, through, and he actually went to the World Champs, and this is like in the last two or three years, so the cube is still, people still do the cube, right? But what I found is I learned how to do the cube um, I, I, as I practiced, I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And when you practice, what happens? You get, be- you get frustrated, yeah? <laughs> so what happens when you practice, you become better at something. And I, what I'm trying to show you is that the more you do something, the better you become at it, right? And it becomes, you've probably heard this term before, it becomes second nature, so you want, I'm, I'm encouraging you, get to the stage with evangelism where it becomes second nature. Do you hear what I'm saying? So who can ride a bike here? Who's ever ridden a bike before? Okay. Was it hard to begin with? Can you remember when you were five or ten or however old you were? Did you fall off? I fell off a bike and I first learned. Actually, I couldn't find the brakes. So it wasn't too flash. Um, but you keep practicing. I remember our kids learning to ride a bike or bikes, and they just keep practicing. And they fell over a couple of times. So I learned how to do that, right? I'm not showing off, but it's now second nature. So I learned how to do this 40, well, I'm telling you how old I am now, four decades ago, right? Um, but it came with practice, and it's the same with evangelism. You want to be able to get to the stage where I believe it becomes second nature. Does that make sense? So it's practice and practice and practice, and with practice comes cost. So it's going to take you time. And I've heard pastor talk about this before. If you want to become good at something, if you spend doing it, you do it for an hour a day every day. I'm not saying you do evangelism an hour a day every day, but if you do something for an hour a day every day, when it gets to the end of the year, you're what's called an expert. You were obviously at that message, and you heard that, and you remembered that. That's good. You become an expert. And I talk about cricket. Someone does 10,000 hours of practice, which is a lot they become world-class. So it's the same thing with evangelism. If you practice it regularly and then you do it, you're going to get better. Make sense? And lastly, I'm finishing now. I've missed about on time. This is great. Praise the Lord. Um, Life's not a dress rehearsal. Have you heard that before? We only get one chance. So I really encourage you, out of the five purposes, and it's been preached so many times, the fifth purpose, one, Fifth one's this one, I think. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth purpose is evangelism. Only one we get to do here on earth. Isn't it? The only one. Oh, sorry. It's the only one we don't get to do in heaven. Gosh, you could have corrected me there. Only one we don't get to do in heaven is evangelism. Isn't it? 
And that's probably the only reason we left, is to bring people in. How many people are you taking with you to heaven? How many people? Let's take as many people as we can. Amen? Praise the Lord. All done. Yeah. Right. Well done, guys. That was tremendous. Wow, there's some great, great spiritual truths there that we can all go away and digest and uh, good to be reminded of things that we already know, and it's great to hear fresh and new things. Uh, let me just pick up on a couple of points that the guys have shared, and by the way, you've done extremely well time-wise. Well done, guys. You know, Bevan talked to us about our spiritual exercise regime, and uh, just one point that I thought was uh, particularly uh, powerful, I mean, everything you shared was powerful, but one point I thought was particularly worth uh, repeating. He says that when we get into a church service, uh, and then we miss a bunch more later on. It's a little bit like getting into an exercise class and then not having any more exercise, and then we lose the benefit of the exercise that we had. And so let's make a commitment this year that we're going to be in the house, and let's get on board with our small groups, and uh, uh, particularly... Uh, 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 the point that uh, Pete raised in the area of reaching out and evangelism, let's be intentional this year. And I really do believe that as we get on board with our 40-day uh, campaign, that evangelism is kind of built into that whole mix there because we get the opportunity to invite people uh, and uh, to share with people in our group environment. And, uh, you know, there's going to be group discussions. There will be group prayer. There will be all of these things uh, going together. And uh, we'll be reaching people this year that don't now know Jesus Christ, but they will know Jesus by the time uh, we get there. 